0: What's uh-huh. When I was wrong, I got my point across, they depicted me the boss, of course, my orange box cut to make the world go round, plus I'm fucking, bitches ain't my homegirls now, start stacking, dabbled in crap, gun packing, nickname Medina, made the Senas, told my Ninas, from gym class to English, pass off for global, the only nigga with a mobile, can't you see like total, getting larger and wasting takes, ain't no telling where this spelling is heading, Shall let the tip of your melon clear the space? Your brain was a terrible the thing to waste. better man take a better stand put money in my mom's hand get my daughter this college plan so she don't god man damn guys holy
1: shit
2: golly i don't know i don't know if they fucking roofied my arizona bro i don't know if they put nyquil in it bro but golly (laughs) (laughs) that's my god bro
1: sleeper brother
2: yeah man shit i don't know what they did i don't know if they put something in my drink i don't know what happened but man, um, hey. geez, I, I, I have no words, bro. I, I, just, I'm just tired. Um,
1: I'm,
2: I'm just tired, bro. I don't, man. Um,
1: Logan said that college football was boring. Did he miss anything on Raw, bro? That think Raw was more boring than whatever you were watching, man.
2: Yes, man. What a, what a, uh, what a snoozeful night. <laughs> If I, um, uh, may I say myself, um, but what is going on guys? We are back with yet again, another edition of the notorious Hills podcast, man. Another edition of notorious unscripted man. And this is, ah, uh, this is the 125th edition of unscripted man. And if this is your first time watching you guys. Do not know how the show works, man. Every Monday we are on here with notorious unscripted and every Friday we are on here with the news, man. If you guys did miss this past Friday's edition of the news. Also, if you guys did miss this past Thursday's edition of our very first special, the WrestleMania 39 match card fantasy booking, our very first edition of Flipping the Script, you guys can now watch both of those on all platforms, man, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you want to see it first, join us right here every Monday, or sorry, every Friday at 4 p.m. Central. And catch us whenever we're on with our editions of flipping the script man again if you guys do not know what that show is that's gonna be our show for the specials such as you know just fantasy bookings that deal with the time of year um or just all types of fun stuff um and and also inviting guests on the show uh, we got. Uh, we have some potential guests down the line that I think you guys will really enjoy. Some of you guys are even very familiar with on the channel, man. So, um, yes. Um, so that is going to be the show where we do all that fun stuff, man. And again, if you guys did miss that and the news, Vince McMahon reinstated into WWE. You hear me and Sir Kay sound off on that situation and the debut Uh, We talked a little bit about the uh, debut, the New Japan debut of Mercedes Vernado or Mercedes Monet. Um, We talked a little bit about that and we talked, also talked a little bit about um, her um, possible AEW debut rumors, which we will heavily get into tonight, but um. Yeah, man. So if you guys did miss those two, you guys can now watch those on all platforms. Again, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, again, join us right here every Friday and whenever we, uh, at 4 p.m. Central and or whenever we do the specials for you guys, man. So with that, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Heels Podcast merchandise, you guys can now find this live On the merch shop, man. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this video. And it is also in either mine or Sir K's social media pages, man. And with that, man... You got all eight designs here. Uh, the link is not hard to find whatsoever, man. Um, and with that, all eight designs here, you have the Notorious Hills uh, Chicago flag design. You got the Chicago skyline design. You got the base logo design, the best kept secret to the IWC design, the scratch logo, the only community that matters, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, the... Biggie inspired shirt and the Christmas shirt man so all eight of these designs available in more than just a t-shirt are live on the merch shop right now man also in either mine or Sir K's social media pages and again it is also on the top of the description of this very video man so with that um, if this is your first time watching you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Seals podcast I am Johnny Mayhem one half of the host of this very show and as for the other half we got my man Sir K here how's it going man?
1: going good man going good just been uh just been chilling out man been pretty normal lately um today was just another normal day man another, another normal day I had to watch a boring ass episode of raw but other than that man it's it's been over oh, it's been normal wrong he's really here to ask how's life house family he'll probably be here soon if not in the replay man but life's good man the family's good how about everybody chat logan how you doing man? And what about you, bro? How you doing?
2: Yeah, man. I'm I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um I'm good, man. I said, I don't know if you guys caught it because we went out. I said, man, I don't know if somebody put Nyquil in my Arizona or or what the case was, bro. But you know, I mean, of course, of course there were aspects to Monday Night Raw that were good, but um a, a lot of it felt very boring. I I will lie. Um, that's good, man. That's good. I'm glad you got your car fixed, that's Logan. Good, so, Hell, yeah. it felt very boring. We'll definitely get into that. I, I definitely I will be honest. I, I just today I just didn't really I didn't really um I wasn't I I wasn't. <sighs> I mean, after Friday, man, you almost kind of feel, you know, you at least for me, I almost kind of felt coming into this day, like, uh, I just wasn't really in the mood to watch any WWE wrestling. Um, It just, it really, it really kills, it really kills your, really kills your vibe, man. It really kills your vibe. I mean, Raw, Raw has always been a tough watch, but under Triple H, it felt a lot less like a chore. And more so like a drag, which neither are good. But if I were to choose one, I would choose the drag because the chore, you know, the
1: the fucking chore.
2: Yes, the the chore. Nobody likes chores, man. But you know, a drag. You know, again, I'd rather deal with the with the drag than the than the chore. So. But, man, after hearing that news on Friday, bro, it really... It doesn't it doesn't kill my love, but it kills my... It, it kind of kills my WWE love, if you will, because it's it just... I, I said it on Friday, man, but it's just kind of kinda demoralizing. It, it kind of is, man,
1: so... Boy, man, definitely. There's a sense of, um... Sense of imminence for about something, man. It don't feel too good, man.
2: hmm Yeah, definitely, bro. Definitely. However... We're going to start you guys off on a good note. Uh, before, well, before we get into Dynamite, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, just briefly, just briefly, just the stuff that we, you know, can't really mention, and there's honestly only one thing. How about, I know it was a while ago at this point, but how about Will Osprey and Kenny Omega, bro? That shit was
1: heat, bro. That shit was Ooh. classic, and... I heard the will. He said that they that 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 wasn't there one hundred percent. Like bro, if that ain't your one hundred percent. What is that? Without a doubt,
2: is a nominee at the very least. Uh, at the very least, a nominee for a match of the year on January fourth. I think it was. If that doesn't tell you enough. I mean we got a whole year ahead of us and I'm willing to confidently say you know unless we have a year like last year in terms of match quality yeah. I mean that that was a fucking banger man that was a fucking banger we we had all of us, uh, we had all of us in the Discord, man, and all of us were just, all of us were just fucking in shock, bro, um, at what we were watching. And then we also got to see the debut of Mercedes Monet, which was very, very cool, man. Very cool to see her, um, change the game yet again. Um, she, everybody knows, man. If you're talking the greatest woman's match of all time, um you you got to be talking about the match that changed the game bro you got to be talking about Sasha Banks and Bayley so it was very cool to see her yet again go in there and 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 change the game um so awesome to see bro awesome to see and um you know i i i'm i'm excited to see her I, i'm excited to see her um you know s- set the standard for a brand new division and a division that should be prestigious thing that it is new Japan. So I'm excited for Mercedes, man. It, it was, and it was a really awesome debut. I, I don't really care what anybody else says. I, you know, I see what people say, you know, Sasha botch or, um, Sasha botch or, um, uh, uh, you know, she came out to no reaction, blah, 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 blah those people only watch wwe i'll just say that
1: like literally man it, not only do they not usually react like that new japan fans but apparently i learned they legally literally can't yell yeah. and chant stuff in their crowds so until i think for like another couple months or something yeah so like when you go do break the law <laughs> what the fuck like come on bro and yeah. that debut was awesome in every way, no, man, and it was said, I can't wait for the rest of it, man.
2: Absolutely, man, and she did say in her uh, little, you know, post-match press conference thing that they do in New Japan. Mm-hmm. She did say this was stop 1. Yeah. Listen, guys, she's not going to Impact. She's not going to GCW. There there's there's only there you know, there there's probably only two other stops for her to make. One, Ring of Honor, because mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor. A uh, majority of us grew up on Ring of Honor, and, and her especially, I'm sure, grew up in the prime years of Ring of Honor. So, oh man. Yeah. Uh, um, and and, and and I mean, come on, bro. Where I mean, come on, where's the other stop? I mean, WWE could say all they want to, you know. She's just trying to get this out of her system. She said that for a reason. Uh, this she said this is stop one for a reason stop two isn't right back home you know what I mean she's she's uh she's gonna do a little bit more traveling before she goes back home and it could even be uh in two days time man so uh yes but I thought Wrestle Kingdom was a great show I thought I thought uh Jay White and Okada uh told a great story in their match although it was a little tiring. I feel, uh, I, I felt uh, personally, I felt tired after the Omega and Osprey match. I kind of, you know, oh, I yeah. think we were hitting about the five in the morning mark. So I kind of put all I had into that in terms of my, uh, energy. So by that, uh, t- the time that match came on, I didn't really give it all that I could have in terms of investment and stuff, but regardless, they still put on another, another great match for those two, man, as they, uh. Those two are, are destined to fight forever, man. And Switchblade Switchblade showed uh Switchblade showed a little bit of respect after that match. He hugged Okada and then he walked off, man. So it was um Okada was even kinda looking at him a little weird. But man, Okada's a star. Uh, I, I really I've really came a long way from Okada. I used to think he was incredibly overrated. Totally good. Um but once you watch once you watch his work for what it really is, he's he's really a star. He he's fantastic. And and Jay White Jay White is Jay White, man. He's probably my favorite guy in New Japan. Eh, it might be Will Ospreay now, but um, you know, it's yeah, it's probably. it's a toss up, man. It's a toss up. But other than that, man, I mean, the rest of the show was pretty solid. I thought
0: definitely,
1: man, definitely. Well, the show was pretty pretty good show, man. The highlights, obviously, Kenny and Ospreay, the Mer- the Mercedes debut, man. And I didn't catch the of that. Because I went to bed because it was like five thirty in the morning before I started. So I was like, "I'm going to fucking bed, man." Yes. But I heard it was—I heard it was all right, man. I heard, I heard it, it was. was nice, man.
2: It was. Um, and then the icing on top of the cake, man, was Carl Anderson botching a cutter for his own boy to win the never open weight title. What do you know? He pulled up he with, his, with his OC shirt and everything.
1: He did, bro. And you know, y'all, you know, never going to see him in the fucking impact in fucking new japan again bro.
2: Yeah, it might seem an impact again man if he gets fired again. However, um uh FTR also lost their uh lost the tag belts man. They lost the New Japan uh the IWGP Tag Team Championships, bro. Um FTR is officially beltless. You know what? I was listening to episode two of FTR with Dax, and and I I will say, I will say, I I have thoroughly enjoyed the listen uh, thus far. Um, It's it hasn't been your typical. Um, your typical wrestler podcast where they just go on there and bury everybody and, and don't exactly. teach you about anything. Um, You know, I like to be informed. You know, I love me some podcasts, bro. That's why we have our own. But um, he was saying on there, you know, the original plan, he did confirm that the original plan was for the Bucks and FTR to do a winner-take-all match at All Out and he did admit to saying that he was pretty upset and he talked about he talked a lot about how he pays attention to AEW's bigger picture and he looks at things on how they're going to affect the company and not just himself and it's really crazy to see um because just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about rumors of this guy potentially leaving AEW and We have some interesting news on Friday about some people being upset with him, which is very interesting uh, for his episode one, the CM Punk episode. But he did say, and I can appreciate this, this was the whole point of me bringing this up. He talked about on there how they were supposed to give them the AEW Tag Team Championships, like I said, at All Out. He, you know, he was down to do it, but once... That passed by, and they didn't get the chance to do it because they went with Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed instead. He said that after the opportunity passed passed them up, you know, he said he wanted to put the acclaimed over because they were the most overact, and he also said he didn't want the AEW tag belts because he didn't want people to think that they were being shoved down their throats wow wow a talent looking at things logically you know for the longest time we always hear well what do you expect him to say what what is he supposed to say no well if, if you look at things from a logical perspective sometimes yeah and you know how much more respect Tony Khan is going to have for FTR in the long run because they were willing to take a step back and put the company before furthering their own career?
1: Literally, man. A lot of, a lot of these wrestlers don't understand that doing stuff like that will benefit them in, in a company in the future, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that build relationships and trust, man, doing stuff like that. No so, question. And FTR knows, bruh. Yeah, that's
2: good to see, man. It's so good to see. It's so good to hear. I, I will say, I was a little skeptical at first, like I said, because when oh, a lot of wrestlers get podcasts, they they genuinely just go on there and bury everybody. But it's been a good listen. It's been a good listen. So, regardless, I mean, watch us before him, but who am I? But regardless, exactly. um, so AEW Dynamite, man, AEW Dynamite, bro. First things first, no new theme music. how you feeling, bro? I'm
1: not a fan of that aspect, man. um, you know it's not the end of the fucking world, it's not like it's fucking war pigs or something or war, yeah, war pigs or something, but like Are it Johnny really Gar- would have been nice
2: or Johnny Gargano's theme song being sung by a male, yeah you know,
1: it's really bad was really bad, but oh. it's definitely not as bad as those, man. It's something that's gonna wean, but, like, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um New intro looks good, man. Uh, other than that, man, I, I would have changed the theme song, but I guess they, they're gonna go with, like, the fuse still. Just a new remix of it, even though I didn't even hear though, what was different, to be honest.
2: So, um, they... The thing the, the reason the reason I don't mind it is because honestly a lot of times through the show they don't even play the song whenever they're doing like their B-roll shots they just play the instrumental of it you know so it, they only really play the song in the intro but it really it, I mean it, it really I mean it really makes for a worse intro i mean the song isn't really that good um
1: go love it. I think it's the most mid thing ever.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's mid at best. It, it really is. It's mid at best. I think, you know, I, I, I know, I know rock music isn't really their identity. That's, that's more of like an NXT thing. Um, but, but I would, I would experiment with, with a little, with a little, I mean, they kind of have rock now, Kind of like I don't even know what you would call that.
1: Gosh, it's just music, I guess. I don't even know what you would call it, but like I, I, some eighties, bro. They I go some eighties.
2: Yeah, I, I would experiment with. Uh, I, I would experiment with some rock if I was them. I mean, I know that like Black and Gold's identity, but I would experiment with maybe a little bit of different rock, if you will. Um, but yeah, man, I, I definitely would. I definitely would because. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I I think it was time for a change, you know, I think it was time for a change, and, um, however, we didn't get a change of ring, we didn't get a change of ring apron, we didn't get a change of ring ropes, we didn't really get a change of much, you know, ring stuff ever, but again, we never have, the most we've got, you know, is... You know, when AEW had like the bright colors and then they kind of took it down to like that navy blue with like the the red, the red hints in there, Uh, you know, that's kind of the only changes we've ever got. But this time we got, you know, we showed you guys the pictures, man, we got red, we got red and blue. We got a red and blue aesthetic, Um, almost kind of like our colors, except a little darker blue. And, um, what did you, what did you, yeah, what did you think about it, man? Um, I mean, we did get a new stage also, that was the big component, instead of the two tunnels, which I felt was very played out, I felt that was very played out, I felt it looked kind of old. Um, I felt like that was a wrestling set that we would see back in the day, and that's fine. But but I think it could have been a little more uh, modernized, and I think that's what they did. So instead of having two tunnels, you know, there's one walkway in the middle, but they still use heels come from the left side of the of the Tron, baby faces come from the right. So, I really like that aspect of it a lot um and yeah, it was pretty much just six big video panels man, but but they look great. they look great, man. So, how are you feeling about the new stage and the new uh the new presentation for dynamite?
1: I like it, man, I really like it. I love that stage. I think it's a really good one, man. I like how they it's not the tunnels, but it's still the same system, which I really like. I think that's really good, man. I think they really were able to. You know go with both, and uh I think a lot man I like what they did there with the new stage and everything man,
2: definitely, man, and not also not to mention also not to mention uh this was from a production stance a great uh great episode of AEW dynamite this is probably the best i this episode was probably the best I've ever seen their production, and that is thanks to uh Michael mansuri man um he 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 knocked it out the park, man. This seemed like his big debut, and and yeah. I and I really think he 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 knocked it out the park on all levels. Um, there was some new cool camera angles that we got in there, so so that was that was really nice. Um, that was really nice to see that upgrade on the announce table, man. I mean, they they look fucking nice. great now.
1: They look great up there, man. They, they used to look like shit. Oh, they to how it is now, but I love the way it looks, man. I love the two screens, man, and uh, I really like it, man. <laughs> it was cool. the best episode of Dynamite of the year so yeah. far.
2: It's only been one episode, but it was the best. So, <laughs> might be cool. so, um, <laughs> yeah, man. So this show also. We talk about a production level. I think from a uh, booking level as well, I think this show was another... I'm not going to say it was their most focused show ever, but I think it was one of their better you know, shows in terms of focus, man. I mean, this show... If you were to give this episode of Dynamite a title, it would be Future. Um, yeah. They focused heavily on the future of this company and, and and made it you know made it to where you know it seemed like um it seemed like this was a new era for AEW. good man it was very good so yes great from a production standpoint i i really liked the i i really liked uh like i said what they did in terms of in terms of production uh you can hear me right
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I really like what they did. Yep. Um I really like what they did in terms of their production and stuff like that, man. I thought they I thought they did a really good job. So this show opened up with the goat Chris Jericho Chris Jericho, man. He opens the show. He opens the show, man, and they actually opened the show with a match. They opened it with Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Um and man the uh... Alright, I apologize for that again. Seems like a common fucking theme with my look. And, um, yes. Okay, so, yes. So we open the show. We open the show with Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks, man. And I have to say, Chris Jericho. Fucking Chris Jericho, man. Um, I could leave it at that. Um, dude, this man... This man started this year the same way his 2022 went. I mean, just just a banger in the open of Dynamite, bro. The first AEW Dynamite of the year. The first thing we see on Dynamite, man, Jericho versus Ricky Sarks. These guys knocked it out the park, man. They really knocked it out the park. And um, Jericho puts on another banger. Um, Which, uh, you know, I, I'm not even going to say it, man, because I don't want to jinx him. But let's just I will say this. His year is, is starting off great already, man. It started off with a banger. And I'm really intrigued to see what kind of story he's telling here, because if I know Chris Jericho, I would know. That he has uh, some ace up his sleeve. And there is something he's going to do with this losing streak of his, man.
1: Yeah, man. I'm curious to see how he he turns it around, man. And what it turns into. I'm very curious, man. Because like I said, he always has a a plan for something. So, that's really intriguing with that, man. But great open dynamite, man. I love it. Um, Jericho. Starting off the year, great. Let's hope it's another great year, man. And let's hope it's it's a great year for Ricky Starks, too, man. I hope so.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, Ricky Starks fends off Magic and Parker on the outside. Hits Jericho with a spear, which his spear wins this match of uh, the opening match of AEW Dynamite, bro. Um... The J.A.S. come out, they jump Ricky Starks, man, and Action Andretti comes out with a chair to fend off the Jericho Appreciation Society. They eventually get the upper hand, and they beat up him, uh, Starks, and Andretti, and they put Ricky Starks through a table on the outside, another one of those Jake Hager table spots, and yeah, man, that was the... That was the open to Dynamite and it was it was pretty damn good, man. It was pretty damn good. Um Jericho uh starts it off telling uh his story again. But again, I I stress Ricky Starks picks up a victory in the open of dynamite against Chris Jericho. Awesome. 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 Definitely,
1: man. Great way to start the year off for both of them, man.
2: Absolutely, man. So next up. Next up we got Adam Page, Adam Hangman Page. He came out to the ring to address the live crowd. What a concept. He comes out to the ring to address the live crowd um and to let them know his medical status regarding next week and the Forum. He said he said uh as of today, he's not clear how um he you know they looked over at Doc Sampson for confirmation he gave him the thumbs up and John Moxley John Moxley comes out man John Moxley comes out bro dude they they did a cool cool thing with production here i, I seen some people i seen some people online pick up on this but they did a really cool thing with production here where they shot John Moxley from behind instead of shooting him from the front and it made for a really cool look. I mean, I do like when they film him, you know, front facing too, but it made yeah. him look pretty badass when they filmed him from behind. Um it, it 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 looked really cool, man. It looked really cool. And John Moxley, John Moxley, um John Moxley goes out there and he <laughs> He's true. well, he tries cutting his promo just kinda of just like we do every Monday night. He tries uh getting a sentence out. And uh well for him it wasn't Xfinity, but for him it was uh the sound production. Um it was the sound production. He's trying to cut his promo and the live audience starts chanting, We can't hear you. John Moxley you walks over to the guy walks over to this to the uh, crew member, grabs another mic. He goes to put the mic up to his mouth and you could hear him crowd pops. And then his mic goes out again, almost kind of what happens to us every Monday again. So, um, so Hello? Moxley, so Moxley
1: just say, what the fuck? Dude, something happened, bro. It was hilarious.
2: His mic goes out and you just hear it. you. The the uh, one of the camera mics mic. picked it up. I think, yeah, it was the camera mic picked it up. And you just hear him say, what the fuck? And, dude, it was so funny, bro. It was so funny. I loved. it. He's walking around, you know, productions getting their stuff together. And he finally, he grabs the mic. He says, let's get this show on the road. And he said, you know what? I'm tired. Uh, He's, you know, he told Hangman he was tired of him. He said he's tired of Hangman. He's tired of Hangman, you know getting upset with him for just doing his job. And he told, he told Hangman, uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm not sorry for it. And you know, if I have to do it again, I will. And this time I'll make sure you're not getting back up. So Hangman grabs the mic and he says, and he says, do you think I was mad because you knocked me out? He said, that's not why I was mad at all. I was mad because of how you went about it. Your attitude about it, pretty much. So that was the that was the basis of this promo, man. It was so good. It was so good. I really don't understand how people say Adam Page is a mid-promo. I really enjoy him as a promo a lot. I really do.
1: I swear, man, I never understood that. I really never have, man. But he's great on the fucking mic, and that was a great promo, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from the production stuff, like with the camera work from John Moxley, that was really nice to see, man. It was, like, a cool, like, crowd perspective of his entrance, man, and pop. style so was really good. What's up, Durante, Dude, man?
2: What up, Durante? How's it going, bro?
1: How's it going, man? It's been good for me, man. What about you? Same here, but, man. Uh, What
2: about you, brother?
1: Hell yeah, yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, man, I thought it was really good, um, really good just segment all around, man, from the entrances to the, um, to the promo itself, I thought it was really good, man.
2: Absolutely, man, absolutely. So, after this, after this, we get Logan's favorite, no, not Dan Housen, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal and Jeff mm-hmm. fucking Jarrett, man. Uh. We have Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. We get this awful. It just reminded me of some some WWE stuff. You remember they used to do it for the big show a lot when they would mix his theme songs with other people's. Yep. Yeah. Well, oh, this so bad. This consisted of Jay Le- it would the beginning of his song literally cut to Jay Lethal, or cut to, um, what's his face, uh, uh, he would cut to Jay Lethal's song, then it would just cut to Jeff Jarrett's, then it cut to Jay Lethal's again, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. No, man, you like J- no, no, no. man, no uh, no. Nah. You
1: said Jay Lethal, man. You said Very Jay crazy. Lethal that
2: night. You said you were so excited for Okada versus Jay Lethal.
1: Uh, that was a classic
2: that was a class another classic from manager logan so regardless regardless um we all know who you're talking about logan you know i know you want to be cool and say jay white but we all know who you are really talking about man i'll just leave it at that so the acclaim come out the acclaim come out do their rap max caster after jeff jarrett um after Jeff Jarrett uh went off on Max Caster. I don't know if he was working or not. Um he went off on Max Caster for bringing up his wife. Dude, get over it, bro. Um you know, that that's that's your payback for not giving Matt Hardy his gimmick back in 2017, Mr. Jarrett. Um get over it, bro. Um we all know how Max Caster is, dude. I mean, it, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, please. um, so the acclaim come out and what does Max Caster do? What is the first thing Max Caster says? You're he brings up his wife getting canceled more than Skip Bayless. He talked about blaming Dixie Carter for all of his L's, bro. Max Casters and Jem, and he absolutely went in on Jeff Jarrett here. And did you hear what he said to him at Battle at the Belts?
1: I did not, actually. What did he say?
2: And I quote, Jeff Jarrett is worse. And you remember what news broke on Friday. Jeff Jarrett is worse than Vince McMahon.
0: Hello. Bro, hey, I,
2: I, I love... Uh, I I I love Max Caster, bro. I mean, dude, that that is he's just too good, bro. He's too good. So this match was this match was entertaining because of the crowd. The crowd really made this match, um, because Jeff Jarrett. Hate him or love him, you know. I, I'm I'm kinda you know, I don't really hate the guy, you know, but I, I, he's not my favorite. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? TV. Exactly. I mean, I don't like just one of people. those things. Yeah. Like, I don't really despise Jeff Jarrett, but, you know, hate him or love him. Hate him or love him. Mans is a fucking heat magnet, bro. I mean, he <laughs> had this crowd going, man. Um, so I could see, you know, why they put him in this situation, but I also see why this is a, and I'm leaning more towards this side, why it was just absolutely stupid to have, to have, um, you know, these guys kind of really be the Acclaim's first feud as champs, you know, other than the people that they won the titles from. So, however, I have a major problem here. The Acclaimed cannot pick up a victory without using a roll-up, bro. I mean, every single fucking time they defend these championships... I mean, against FTR, you know, it was a, it was a roll-up victory. Against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, it was a roll-up victory. When they defended the titles from Swerve Glory Our Glory at, at Full Gear... It was basically a two-on-one situation. I mean, dude... And, dude, it's... I mean, then again, I don't know. I didn't watch Battle of the Belts. I hope they got the clean victory on Battle of the Belts because... I mean, but the thing is, more people are watching Dynamite. So put the best showcase for the acclaimed on Dynamite. I mean, I don't know why you didn't do Battle of the Belts first, have the acclaimed get the roll-up victory on there... Have Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, you know, complain, and then do that rematch where the acclaimed get the pinfall victory at the Forum in L.A. this Wednesday. I mean, hey, I don't, I don't understand why this is so hard. And and I, you know, I, I really, I, I really have, have kind of grown to have a bit of an issue with this, bro. I don't understand how you can expect to, you know, build on these guys if they don't look like they're getting convincing victories.
1: Good. That's good, okay,
2: man, man. They did. It's something that okay, all good.
1: these companies do, man. If your gimmick isn't based around... If your popularity isn't based around you being great in the ring, then you never win by legitness in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do it all the time. Sure, If, like... In terms of comparing, if you're not a Young Bucks or FTR, you, you got to roll it up to win. Like, nah, bruh. Everybody's here. It's good in the ring, bruh. Embrace that. Just let them win clean, bruh. I like that stuff that they always do, man. But, man, I did not like that stuff they did, man. I, I didn't like the, the you know the initial loss into re-winning or keeping the titles. Who knows how that even works, man. But thought that was pretty lame. And um I don't know man, it's just this just isn't a a great feud to start them off with with their titles man. No. It is really not.
2: Yeah, and I hope Saturday, I hope Tony Khan got the got the memo and I hope Saturday is the last we see of uh of or Friday rather. I hope it's really the last we see of of Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett against the acclaim because dude, you have so many teams that you can and the acclaimed are such good storytellers in the ring bro i mean you look back to all out anthony bowens was selling the injury you know it genuinely felt like the acclaimed were fighting for their fucking lives out there it genuinely felt like they were willing themselves up with their la- very last breath every single time they would get up. It genu and I, and I mean that too, it genuinely felt like they were fighting for their fucking lives out there, and that, is, I mean, that's what made it so good, bro. I mean, you know, I mean, man, I mean, they just told a great story, bro. I mean, they're, they're such good storytellers in the ring. I don't know why you have to go the, the route of, Lethal and Jarrett winning the belts for five seconds and then doing the referee reverse. And, you know, I don't know why we just can't have them win, man. I I really don't.
1: I really don't, man. I hate that stuff. I really do.
2: No doubt about it. No doubt about it, bro. So that was that, man. We move on to the next segment. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker are in the back. They're doing another sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. Another one added on the list. Yep. Bro, every single week, Hater and Soraya's Feud, or uh, Baker and Soraya's Feud, pretty much, for the most part, are, are um Thanks just so video package. Uh, this has just been a video package feud the whole time.
1: I swear to God, but... Even if it's a sit-down interview, God, at least put him in the ring to do it for once once a week.
2: Put people in front of the live crowd, bro. You save the backstage vignettes or the backstage videos for those cool-ass little Darby Allen promos that he gives you, you know, filming yeah. by him. You save it for the stuff that just looks visually cool as shit, something that is different. Not just mm-hmm. fucking three chairs and and Tony Schiavone in one of them and t- two women in the other and they're just sitting there terrible. just talking about the same shit every week.
1: Like, come on, bro.
2: So, regardless, regardless, um, you know, Baker, uh, for once was for once, told the world this is your leader to the women's division. This is your champion, Jamie Hayter. She is at the pinnacle of this woman's division. I genuinely never thought I would hear those words out of her mouth. However, sort of, I think Dax needs to talk talk to her about putting the company before herself. Um, Because I genuinely never, or maybe he did, because I genuinely never would have thought I ever heard those words out of her mouth. However, no, no. She starts talking about, um, you know, how they're, it's a pretty cool nickname, the pillar and the killer.
0: I like pretty that pretty cool.
2: Jamie haters, the killer. I like that. And Britt is the pillar, if you will. Um, it's fire. So it pretty cool. Pretty cool. She said something in here and the most, the interesting interview, I believe is the one that comes up right next. So. Britt Baker said in here, you know, after she got done putting Jamie Hayter over, that couldn't last too long. She said, one thing Soraya doesn't get is I'm the boss of this woman's division. Hmm. Ooh. Who was a boss? Who Ooh. was a boss? Who was the boss? Bro.
1: I raised some questions, bro. I like that. I like that little hit. So,
2: Jamie, the look at Jamie hater after. Did, did, oh, he, yeah. did she give her a look? Mm-hmm. I didn't even catch that. Let me see. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. So... Was it right after? Oh, it wasn't right after. My apologies. Well, what was after was a Jungle Boy. It was a Jungle Boy promo where he pretty much says, "For one night only, Lee Moriarty and Big Bill." Who the <laughs> fuck gave him that name, bro? Dude, where did you can't man. tell me. For the people that were chanting we don't want Enzo or No We Don't, you cannot tell me you think that he fits better in the pin not the pinnacle, the firm than he does with Enzo. Give Literally. Enzo a second chance. Mans did nothing wrong. He did nothing
1: God. wrong, bro.
2: Um give
1: him on TV, bro. Put him with big cast, not big bill, big cast.
2: Yes, I, I, man, give Enzo and Cass a second chance. Give, en, give Enzo a second chance, dude. I, I really don't understand the hate for Enzo. People, I genuinely think in this day and age, people just need to fucking understand that uh, not everybody has to be fucking Claudio Castagnoli in the ring. Um, really? Enzo wasn't the best wrestler. That wasn't his bread and butter, bro. Any one of those promos, he cut straight fucking fire. You can't tell me. He got himself over solely on his his talking ability. I mean, come on, bro. Exactly.
1: Yes, come on.
2: So we go into the next match. Tony Nese... Nice. Versus Brian Danielson, man, we got Danielson out there, man. This match lasted a whopping four minutes, with Danielson you, kicking my man's head in and sending him home packing, pretty much. That was uh, that was the story okay. of Tony Nese for tonight. I don't know what he's calling his new submission. It's like a STF Gargano escape combo. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, but it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, Tony fucking needs this, man. I mean, he fucking got yeah, buried in four minutes, man. Got, He got sent home, man. I hope he doesn't return. But, man, you're not like that guy. It's Tony needs and man. man, man is just boring. He came out there to do the job. Boroughly really just did his job, bro. That's all he was ever good for.
2: so so MJF uh, Brian Danielson calls out MJF after MJF starts MJF starts uh, telling Danielson he looks like a goat and he says he's not telling him that because he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time because he's not says MJF it is because I'll hear in Washington MJF knows that Danielson's mom probably couldn't find any male suitors. In other words, implying that she fucked a goat to make Brian Danielson. <laughs>
1: bro, what MJ is man. wrong with MJF? What
0: <laughs> hey, is
2: So, so, <clears throat> so, Danielson grabs the mic and he says, "You know what? That's funny." Because I hear a lot of the guys talking in the back, and, you know, I think that your mom has a lot of male suitors, actually, and I think, I think a lot of the boys in the back are some of them, and then he says, he says, uh, he looks at the live crowd, and he says, raise your hands if you guys are MJF's mother's male suitors, and, of course, everybody in the fucking audience raises their hands as MJF's absolutely losing his shit and he so cool. and he says he says that he says to danielson th- this this is so good he says to danielson he says you know what if you want a title shot you know i'm known to uh be giving uh to have my opponents jump through quite a few hoops danielson says no i'm not gonna do it he immediately cuts him off, and he says, no, I'm not going to do it. And MJF's looking at him like, what? Because usually everybody's, you know, like, you know, I'll do what they I have to do. Him. And then yeah. MJ, and then MJF says, all right, how about this? I talked to that nerd, Tony Khan, in the back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you call a fucking boss a nerd? Tony, oh, I damn. love to
2: see Tony Khan's face when MJF does these kinds of things, bro. <laughs> So he yeah, says, love it. so he says, I talked to that nerd, Tony Khan in the back, and I told him, all you have to do is win all of your matches until February 8th and you get to fight me for the triple B at Revolution. Danielson again says, no, I'm not going to do it. And then Danielson says, you know what? I will do it. If you let me choose the stipulation, MJF says me MJF says, no, why why would I ever do that? So Danielson says, Are you scared? Are you scared? And then he says, Well, the match that I want, and he asks MJF, he says, Well, you are the best, you think you're the best wrestler on the planet, correct? MJF says, yes. So he goes, Okay. So I've revolution. Your cheating antics won't be able to help you because I thought he—I swear I thought he was gonna say a submission match. Oh, he <laughs> he tells MJF, "You you versus me—a revolution in a sixty-minute Iron Man match, bro."
1: Yeah, there's gonna be guts.
2: Dude, oh, I am so excited for, for that, bro. I am so, so excited. Done. MJF it's and Danielson, done. bro, are about to tear the fucking house down. And Brian Danielson, bro, I don't know if we got to call this dude Mr. 60 Minutes or 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 the Iron Man. I don't know what we got to call him. Danielson is about to put on another hour-long classic. I love a good Iron Man. I'm not really a fan of the 30-minute Iron Man match because it's very common. (laughs) It's very common for matches to go towards the 20-minute mark, you know, the... the, But an hour sets the stakes so high, and I love... If if it's two good people I enjoy, sign me up all day for a 60-minute Iron Man match. I mean, I love that idea, and it is going to be so good. However, AEW, bro... Absolutely needs to start this fucking pay-per-view an hour before they normally do because oh shit, that's gonna be long. long.
1: It's gonna be a long ass fucking pay-per-view, man. Yes. Um that's that's my only concern, man. But man. Mm-hmm.
0: that
1: sounds fun as hell, man. I love Iron Man matches. It's Daniel fucking Brian, Brian Danielson, man, and JF. Yes. This shit about to be heat print for the fucking Jim Ross. But shit about to be heat moon. And I really can't wait for that, man. I really can't. I'm very excited for that, man.
2: Dude, I, I really am. I really am, bro. It's going to be so good. It is going to be so good. So, Daniel, or so MJF, so Daniel, or sorry, MJF says no. MJF says, or, uh, you know, uh, my bad. I just botched that whole thing. MJF says no. Danielson says Are you scared? Do you not believe you're the best wrestler in the world? Crowd starts messing with MJF, and MJF gives in. He goes, okay, you got it. But you are not going to beat the guys that I have in store for you. So Danielson says, you know what, MJF? I'm not going to beat the guys that you have in store for me. I am going to run through each and every single one of them. Again, I love brian danielson more than i ever loved daniel Bryan. i'm just gonna
1: throw that I out swear. there oh a million percent man i like and before he left man daniel Bryan was just the same thing he always was man just the yes guy the great wrestler the yes guy he was great but mm-hmm. it, it really wasn't special anymore that mm-hmm. heel one. It was really special. That oh, was, I awesome. you know, wrong, oh, it was I really, it. really good. But in, baby, uh, yeah, but in terms of baby, yeah. But in terms of face, it just—it it was it just grows, it grew stale. It grew real stale, man. But that's why the heel, heel run was, was, was so was, refreshing. Exactly, man. But him and AW it's just so good.
2: I just love how he's just like a fucking ass kicker. Like it's just oh, it. because he's so good he it just fits him so well it really does mhm i'm so excited for this i am so oh, I excited worry. so that is how that ends that is how that ends man um and yes the revolution is looking to be pretty fucking cool man um it's looking to be pretty cool uh, <laughs> uh man
1: can't
0: wait
2: one of uh next uh one of my uh and um not lying at all when i say this one of my favorite parts of aew dynamite as of lately the mogul affiliates as you can tell i'm not lying at all i love this group bro Swerve faced AR Fox here. Uh he beat he beat AR Fox rather quickly. This was kind of just another match because Swerve is from Washington.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He beats AR Fox here. Um I believe he beat him with the help of, of, of mm-hmm. Parker and, and um oh <laughs> they were calling him this unnamed freak.
1: Dude, they're going to give him the goofiest fucking name in the world. You fucking know it, dude. They are bro. (laughs) You're about to give him some generic tough guy name. Some generic biker name or some shit. Or just some fucking stupid, bro. If they named Big Cass, Big Bill, dude, God fucking knows what they're going to call this fucking dork.
0: Bro.
2: Mogul Affiliates... Is not it at all. Yeah. I mean, swerve in a group would work so like, well if it wasn't just him carrying the group. What does that sound like? Hit row. I mean, come on.
1: Exactly. Like, I hate when a group is basically just one guy because he's cool that has a bunch of guys backing him up. They have like, it's like, exactly. Like, I love factions where everybody carries their own weight man everybody's everybody every member is a valuable piece to that group and individually they're all great the ue had that all of them were great the blackpool combat club has that
2: what about our winners for faction of the year that is exactly exactly what you just
1: described the blackpool combat club have that fucking depending on the era of the bullet club they always had that the elite look at the mainstays of the elite young bucks kenny cody Hangman, Marty. You really, believe Marty? <laughs> all of them could carry their own weight, man. Now Marty carried a little more, but uh, that's up to the that's up to the fucking that's up to the Puerto Rican police to deal with, man. But <laughs> they all carried their own weight. Same with the UE. All those guys carried their own weight. But a group like this, it's just swerve. And we all know Parker Bordeaux. and we uh, I think he's cool. I like the guy, but like, don't put him in a group like this. You know what He's I just mean? He's not
2: ready for the spot yet.
1: No, not 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 in his level of spot. He has
2: man. so much potential. I'll give him that. You know, he I he, he really does. But I mean, this is literally hit row two point And I heard um I heard I seen a lot of people saying this on Twitter, and it's so true. Why couldn't you put him with a team like Private Party?
1: That would have be been perfect, man. That would have been so perfect. He could have got them serious. They could have had a good-ass fucking... I think they're technically heels. I don't know. They might be, but, like, he could have, like, uh, turned them into, like, actual heels. But, Yeah, I mean,
2: at this point with Private Party, it's like, w- what are they even, really? And who gives no. a shit?
1: Exactly, bruh. He can make them legit, bruh. It'd be a great great yeah. pairing of the three of them, man. So great. That's it. That's what a faction should be right there. But you look at a group like this. Swerve is amazing. Parker, he's got potential. He's all right. And then you got a fucking third guy. who's was just freak. a guy.
2: Fucking Lars Sullivan? <laughs> was it Lars oh, Sullivan God. with fucking tattoos all over his face, man? Why are they calling exactly. him the freak? This the big freak. freak. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck, man. But, like, that's not a group, bro. That's just a carry job. It's just a guy with... Ba- is basically just swerve with two bodyguards, might as well just bring them at bodyguards at this point,
2: yeah, at that point, I mean, private party can wrestle, it will get them on fucking television, I mm-hmm. mean you know, and they they kind of match that like uh they kind of match that like um they kind of match feel. that that feel of swerve 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 likes to play himself out like he's a celebrity like he's a big deal private party private party is private party they are the vips of their party man i mean they are again they are these guys that are supposed to be meant to feel like a big feel group like they like they are hot shit that is what they think about themselves same thing with swerve i think it would mesh really well together and And I would fucking take private party tenfold over these two idiots, man. I mean, well, one idiot, really. I mean, again, I really do see potential in Parker. But, I mean, these guys serve no value to this group. Let's
1: just be honest. It's it's not a group. It's just a guy with bodyguards. And even though I don't like Rick Ross showing up with fucking Swerve, it would make so much more sense look-wise if it was private party there instead. Because they'd be a private party Who's a guy who would be at a private party? Rick Ross, man. Even though I don't care for him being on TV, it makes way more sense if yeah. they were with him instead of these two.
2: Absolutely. Um But yeah, man, I mean private party private party have been jokes since jokes. they've signed with this company, dude. I mean, they have been jokes they have been jokes bro you put them at swerve their ring styles even match each other and they they can be legitimized for the longest time private party one of the premier tag teams in AEW have just been looked at as two jokes two jokes exactly. curtain jerking with Matt, with Matt Hardy bro I mean literally I mean it's and... fr- it's frustrating man
1: Logan says he likes the idea of him having bodyguards, and I like it, and... Hey, you could kill... You could keep Park, Parker you in could, the group.
2: Absolutely.
1: He could be the muscle. He could be the bodyguard of the party. Of the VIP group. Which, that could be their group. Instead of the fucking mogul affiliates, which I have no idea what the fuck that is. First of all, they could be the VIPs. They could have something related to what their style is, bruh. And Parker... Would be the perfect bodyguard of the group, the perfect muscle, and then you just got the fucking freak over there,
2: oh, <laughs> my fucking Lars Sullivan and shit. That, that was his way Mitch back Bennett. in the business.
1: it's sort of good tattooed like you got fucking Mitch benner over there, just acting like a weirdo. <laughs> like it would just make so much more sense if you didn't have this new random guy here. You had a private party there. You still have Parker Bordeaux in there. And that's a good-ass group right there. It fits what they are. Boom. But, like, uh, I don't know what they're doing now, man. I don't think I like it.
2: I don't either. I don't like the feel of this group. And, yeah, I'm not, you know, uh, again, I agree with you 100%. I think you could keep Parker in the group. But I also think Swerve doesn't deserve to be in a group where he just has two dudes behind him. I mean, it's not a group. It's no, just not a fucking group. It's, it's just it's just swerve with two managers, pretty much, you know. Basically, um, and again, if Parker's not ready, why didn't you put him in the? Why didn't why did you put him in the spot now? Why couldn't you wait till he was ready? You know, debut him when the mogul affiliates are up against a real challenge you know what i mean they're up against a real challenge and they needs uh they need uh you know the ace up their sleeve and it's him the big muscle of the group I think he would have worked. I, I really think mogul affiliates should be swerve, private party, and and eventually down the line, sure. you could do Parker Bordeaux when he's ready. But again, if he can't wrestle, I know we all like him and we all think he's got great potential. But if he's not ready now, he's not ready now. It's just how it is. Not saying he won't be there because I think he will. But yeah, like, man.
1: Just, be patient, now's not the time. man. Like, exactly. Clearly. Clearly.
2: Swerve picked up the victory here, and he just, um, yeah, that was it. He just picked up the victory, and they got the camera shot of him uh, just looking at A.R. Fox while uh, he's standing there with Parker Bordeaux and that big freak. So,
1: would be such a good starter feud for that group, too. Private Party and Swerve versus um, Top Flight and A.R. Fox. That That sounds like an amazing feud right there.
2: Yes, that would be fantastic. That would be a great way to get them over. All right, man. Arguably the most interesting part of the show. We have, yet again, another sit-down interview with Soraya. She's standing there with Tony Storm, and she is standing there with Uh, you know, She's got Kushida on one side, Tony on the other. Renee asks her, We want to know, the world wants to know, who is your partner going to be next week? And she says, you know what? No matter where I look around, I know one thing. I'm surrounded by some of the best women on the planet. I have Tony Storm on one hand, and I have you on the other. She did not even refer to Hukaru Shida as her as as uh her by her name, no, Tony Storm and right. uh, you, you're good too. <laughs> That's how I feel oh, about Hukaru Shida, man. Uh, well, God, I don't
1: see the hype.
2: I mean, bruh. I mean, when you I mean when you just when you look at the other Japanese women that have come over to America, uh, I just, I I just don't find her very interesting. That's I think top she's top better top than now. Riho. But, um... Oh, yeah. You know, not really but, saying
1: much. Yeah, um, like you're saying better... It's like saying you're better than fucking... Only Uniques. I mean, no shit. Who is it?
2: Exactly. Exactly, man. So... So... Uh, Soraya says, you know, no matter where I go, you know, I know I'm gonna be surrounded by some of the best female talent, and... One of them is actually sitting right next to me, and it's Tony. She announces Tony as her partner for next week and starts game planning in front of fucking Hikaru Shida, and Shida's sitting there looking at Renee doing this shit. She's looking there at her yeah. doing this, and Renee's looking at Shida like, damn, bruh, she just did you like that. So... She really
1: was. She was like, damn, G. Look at this shit. That shit was funny as hell, man.
2: So, my thing is, my thing is, there's absolutely no way it's Tony Storm.
1: I mean, come on. I don't think it is. Like, the way, not only the way they set that up, but the way they're playing it out, we didn't even get a graphic of it yet, of the match with Tony Storm in, like, the spot. At least I don't think we did. I didn't Uh see it.
0: However, like...
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One thing I'm thinking of, if it's not Mercedes, I'm thinking we go the route here where Tony Storm gets attacked, but it's not Hikaru Shida. Instead, Oops. it's her old tag partner. Because Tony Storm, when she was AEW Interim Women's Champion, kept saying, if Thunder Rosa can't get to work then she doesn't need to be champion. So Thunder Rosa may have a little bit of reason to be pissed off at uh, Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things I was thinking is Soraya goes immediately, thinks it's Hikaru Shida, and it ends up not being Hikaru Shida. Instead, it's Tony Storm, but we're led to believe that it's Shida. However, I don't it's just got I just don't see it being Thunder Rosa, man. I, I just I don't see it being Thunder Rosa. I really think I really think this is going to in some roundabout way end up as Mercedes bro because again, her little This is my first stop line at New Japan, that obviously is a is is a flag to believe that she could possibly be at Dynamite. And the other thing The other thing is, um, there's absolute, again, there's just no fucking way. If it is, if it is genuinely Tony storm, I am, I will probably fall out of my fucking chair on Wednesday, bro. There is no way. There's no way.
1: No way. They do all that teasing and it's just Tony storm, man. It's gotta happen. Tony storm's going to get beat up, man. And I think it's going to be. Mercedes that walks out that curtain, man, to help Soraya and help run the match, and and they debut in AEW, man. I think it is. I'm putting the chips down.
2: Okay, man. Okay, I, I, I definitely, I definitely, um, I definitely see see why you would think that because I think the same thing, man. I, I think again, in some roundabout way, this is gonna end up being Mercedes and, um. I don't know how the hell we're going to get there. Uh, Maybe, you know, Tony Storm gets attacked midway through the show and and, um, Soraya needs a new partner. And she still doesn't choose um, Hikaru Shida, which pisses Shida off enough to snap maybe on the next week's Dynamite. So it is... uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting, man. But this episode of Dynamite is looking very very intriguing, man. I'm I'm very excited to uh, I'm very excited to see, I'm very excited to see how this episode of Dynamite goes down, man. Cause it's it's looking to be a good one, bro. We got Game Seven coming up, Escalera de la Muerte. We got the Hangman match, bro. We got the possible Mercedes debut. And, uh, in AEW, um, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be good.
1: Well, man, it's looking fire, man. I can't wait to see how it all plays out, man. This episode is looking really fucking good, man. I can't wait for it.
2: Yes. Absolutely, man. After this, we have two guys that, uh, should have got a backstage segment, but they were the ones to be put in front of the live crowd out of all people. It is the guns. The guns come out there and they hold FTR's funeral. And they're yelling and screaming about how they beat FTR and they buried their legacy. And now they're beltless. And then they did the spot where they play the music. But then they say, oh, my God, you should have seen your faces. Yeah, fucking spare me. Um, just typical heel stuff, I guess, and, and that was, that, that was pretty much it, man, that was pretty much it, nothing, uh, no, nothing too, nothing too good here at all, it, they just cut a promo about killing FTR's legacy, and how they're gonna be the new living legends, no, no thank you. God,
1: no. Yeah, bro, the gun club fucking sucks, man, those two are, are some of the most uncharismatic people that you could employ, man. I mean, they went to the fucking JBL School of Charisma, man. Like, it just sucks generic heel shit. I don't like it. And you waste your in-ring promo on them.
2: Seriously. Seriously, man. All the people that are delegated to backstage segments out of the week and you give, uh, the gun club, you know, instead of putting, uh, Uh, You know, instead of putting Britt Baker in front of the... And I know this is going (laughs) to sound
0: weird.
2: Okay, so let me make sure my
1: live chat is back.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, Bam.
2: Ah, there it is. Okay. Okay. Yes. So yes instead of instead of giving the live audience uh the live audience promo, and again, this is the only time I'll say it, but the one week you don't put Britt Baker out there to say, "I'm the boss of this woman's division to let the crowd feel that the one time you don't do that, it's a backstage segment where there's absolutely no live reaction from the audience to it, so my God, man. Um, or Soraya, even too. You didn't put Soraya out there to do the whole Tony Storm Hikaru Shida bit in front of the live audience. Yeah. That would have been great too.
1: Literally, man. Literally, that could increase either of those two segments so much.
2: Yeah. Um. So. The next match. Oh Lord, the next match. Is Jade Cargill and Red Velvet versus Sky Blue and Kiara Hogan?
1: Good Lord, bro! Just I mean.
2: I mean, Jade Cargill just ain't it, bro. Can Chris Statlander please come back? I mean, dude, the story here is Red Velvet turning on Jade Cargill because Ciara Hogan is still her friend, but Jade is uh, delusional. She's becoming delusional, which I hope this leads to her losing the championship uh, because this just... She just fucking sucks, man. I mean, dude, honestly. I mean, the only fucking thing she knows how to do is a goddamn bicycle kick. And I've had enough of it, man. I mean, Jade just ain't it, bro. Jade just is not it. I mean, there was a point in early 2022 where I was like, man, Jade is really coming along. Now it just seems like she's just fucking holding this title for no goddamn reason whatsoever other than somebody in the back thinks she looks cool with a championship.
1: It's about it, man. She's not good, man. This match was about as boring as you could get and as pointless as you can get.
2: Seriously. So, absolutely atrocious, man absolutely atrocious. Um and in the main event, we had Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. We had Nick Wayne in the front row. It's cool to see him. If you don't yeah. know who Nick Wayne is. Awesome. He is uh I think he has another year before he could I believe he has an AEW futures contract. So I think he has another year before he can actually start uh before he can actually be in AEW. I think he's seventeen. Yeah. But man, the kid is good, man, and it was good to see him. It was good to see him. Yeah. Samoa Joe grabbed him by his neck, um, which is gonna be cool to see once uh he gets of age. Um, up. What's up?
1: That nephew up.
2: Yeah. So Darby Darby uh immediately before the match starts, you know, he saves Nick Wayne. He um he saves Nick Wayne. He does his uh suicide dive onto the outside, which I don't care what anybody says. Darby Allen has the best looking Darby Allen has the best looking uh uh bottom rope suicide dive. I mean, it is just it is so good. Uh Darby There's Allen before the time. match before the match starts, uh, he's beating Samoa Joe down with the um, with the uh, skateboard. Then he gets a ladder before the match starts and jumps off of it onto Samoa Joe. This match went on uh, in the main event of Dynamite. It got about ten minutes. It got about ten minutes. Um, dude, Darby Allen and Samoa Joe gave you a match that could have used a little more time. I will admit. Uh, they could have used a little bit more time. They could have used a little bit more time, but it was still fucking fantastic nonetheless. Uh Darby Allen was almost put out by Joe. He was almost put out by Joe and uh he actually countered it and used his he countered it and used his uh exposed turnbuckle that Joe pulled off later in the match to hit him. Uh, Hit Joe's face up against it. He hit him with his uh, stunt dog millionaire. And then he hit him with two coffin drops. And Darby Allen regained the TNT championship, bro.
1: That shit was awesome, man. That match was amazing, man. And Darby, he's TNT champion again. And I like that, man. I love that a lot, man. I mean, I'm definitely surprised. And yes. Joe lost it already, definitely, but no other person to beat him, man. Darby, he was his first reign as TNT champion, is my favorite TNT title. League, man. Me too. So I hope they can live up to that one, man, because that one was just fucking perfect, man. And I hope this one is just as perfect, if not more, man. So I hope this goes all well, because TNT title has just been bad luck after bad luck lately. But with a guy like Darby Allen, I really trust him, man. I really do. Yes, and I will say that. I was really right like now. that decision they made.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Put Darby Allen on Revolution. Let's not start this off on a please. bad foot in terms of pay per views. Put him oh, on pay per view.
1: Literally. Have him defend a TNT title on pay per view, please.
2: So, So. I was genuinely shocked that he beat Samoa Joe. I am genuinely shocked that they Mm -hmm. actually pulled the trigger on taking the championship off of Samoa Joe. I thought Samoa Joe was doing fantastic with it. I thought he was doing fantastic with it the only reason i could see them taking the title off of samoa joe is if they're about to start ring of honor television and they don't want to overload his schedule that is the only reason i can see them taking the title and it and it's honestly the same reason i think they took the title off of jericho is because um i i think it is because he can, uh, he can't, you know, Jericho does enough stuff for AEW, man. I, I I don't think it would be very good to load his schedule up with Ring of Honor stuff. And I think if you put it on a guy like Claudio, he has the Blackpool Combat Club who will be flying the Blackpool Combat Club flag for him. And and same thing with, uh, who's a pure champ right now? Is it Wheeler Yuta again? Yeah, Yuta. Know. Yeah, Utah, right. So, and same thing with him, man. Those guys could go over there, do some great stuff and Mox and Brian can hold it down on the AEW side and I think it could be really good. But um yeah, man, I mean uh yeah, they uh they that is the only reason cuz it genuinely shocked the hell out of me that they took the title off oh, of Samojo. Yeah. However, it's nice to see it on a homegrown guy again. I don't like the kind of negative stigma that goes around with it automatically being a bad thing to put a title on an ex WWE guy. I don't know why that's a thing. So I don't. I didn't really like a lot of people saying, you know, oh, you know, I'm so happy it's it's back on an, an AEW guy. Cause I mean. Smojo's so done great work. I mean, he hasn't given you guys to fucking hate a uh, reason to hate him. You know what I mean? I mean, just that kind of stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. Th- 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 those are the instances for me where wrestling fans can be a little weird. I mean, it's not a bad thing to put the title on a X WWE guy. I mean, sure. It looks cooler when they're, when their champions banners are all homegrown talent, but I mean, Joe was doing a really good thing. Um, uh, but in that, um, all respects to Darby Allen as well because that was such a cool moment. We had the moment where Sting came out and hugged him, confetti was flying everywhere. Um, he gave a speech afterwards that was very, uh, that was very cool. It was a very cool speech he gave to the live crowd, and it was, it was, it was good. It was good stuff. But uh, it it kind of, it kind of. It kinda leaves me asking why necessarily uh for yeah. Samoa Joe. But for Darby Allen I could I, I am excited for his title reign and, and I hope he can and I hope it can be as good as the first one. But again, man, if the reason isn't just to lighten Samoa Joe's schedule, why? Yeah.
1: Cause that's the only
0: reason really I can come serious. up with. Definitely, man,
1: definitely. So,
2: that was AEW Dynamite, man. And Rampage and Battle of the Belts, who cares? So... Opened. Yeah. So, Monday Night Raw opened up with Kevin Owens. He was interrupted by Baron Corbin. Bruh. bro. He was interrupted by JBL and Baron Corbin. This led to a Kevin Owens versus Corbin match, which led to a brawl with KO in the Bloodline. Um, yeah, that was the open to uh, Monday Night Raw, man. Not really much to say for me. Is kind of I love seeing KO, man. But once I just once fucking JBL came out, dude, it was, it was just uh, it. it uh, it's not really, not really the, uh, not really the most interesting thing for me. So,
1: oh man, the only thing positive we got out of this intro really was we got to see that glimpse of that annoyed Kevin Owens man. Remember that period where we thought he was going to AEW man, and on TV every week he would just be annoyed and impatient. Yeah. That was one of my most underrated Kevin Owens sides. I loved when he would be annoyed on TV, bro, and we got yeah. to see that tonight, man, and that was pretty funny. But other than that, bro, JBL fucking blows. Fucking generic ass heel garbage. He drags Baron Corbin down to the depths of hell, man. Ugh, it's, it's just horrible, man. It just sucks.
2: It does. It really does. So this was the open to Monday Night Raw. That was the open, Uh, the Bloodline would then get confronted by Adam Pearce where they would, uh, Adam Pearce would tell them that the Usos need to leave and the Usos need to leave and Solo Sokoa needs to stay because he's going to have a match against somebody who he's caused so much turmoil to. Who that person is you may ask. Well... It was uh it was fucking Dolph Ziggler. Now look.
1: So much turmoil.
2: I genuinely cannot remember a time where Solo Sokoa attacked Dolph Ziggler. I genuinely can't I,
1: got, I was confused. I, I had no idea that happened, bro. I, <laughs> I, I don't know why.
2: I genuinely <laughs> do not fucking remember that, bro.
1: <laughs> I thought he was gonna say Elias.
2: That's why i you know they had that say.
1: little thing? And he says Dolph Sickler. I, was I was thinking like, like
2: huh? What? When the fuck did that happen? <laughs> I've watched this shit every week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking like, bro, I didn't think I missed that many episodes. What the fuck happened? I've been watching the last, like, three episodes. What the fuck happened? Golly. I don't remember that. I mean, what and the fuck? Another thing I didn't like about this, it wasn't really about the segment itself, but the two times after the segment. So... He kicks the Usos out. But then we see him twice we later him in that night.
2: Twice at the end of the show. Twice.
1: Like, and it, and it just makes the idea of being kicked out of the show as a wrestler so pointless. It makes me think, anytime they kick anyone out, why don't they just go beat up the security and do stuff the stuff they want to be there for? You know what I mean? It makes it makes certain stuff look look pointless. You know there, what I mean? When was... Adam Pierce kicks him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: There was really some stuff during this show, and this is what scares me, and this is what we've been talking about being scared about. There was some stuff that just does not correlate with things we would see on Triple H's product. I don't think Triple H would let such a little logic gap like that uh, slide. That is a huge logic gap, but it is, it's such a, it's so blatantly obvious to not forget and the fact it's
1: so noticeable
2: exact shit this is the kind of ah, shit bro scares th- me. this is the kind it of shit that really me, fucking scares me dude because and like i said you know in the very beginning of the show this episode of monday night raw was very hard to watch uh even before it started i just i just haven't been in the mood to watch any any WWE television, bro, it is, it's, it, with with hearing Triple H, you know, or with seeing what Triple H has done, which, like I said in the beginning of the show, Raw is a drag, do not get me wrong, it's a drag every motherfucking week. But with Triple H, there's more good aspects to it than none. The only reason it's a drag is because it's three hours, and that's not Triple H's fault. You know, the thing that's a drag uh um the thing that's a drag even
1: mm-hmm. good yep. at the end of being dragged you know what i mean Wait, but like sorry. with Vince McMahon you just, you're just
2: you just cut out oh. Uh...
1: at the end of being dragged around that whole fucking show through through the triple h you know so far the triple h era yeah even though raw Raw's a drag there's a goal to it and it's right. going to get better eventually right. one day it's going to be a really great watch all through but with under triple h it's always just you gotta watch it that's it that's it that's all you just gotta watch the show yeah. and it's like it felt like that i really did and i don't like that
2: Oh geez. Um
1: In my life, I buy. It's weird.
0: You think? Yeah.
2: Yes, but um they uh if I'm I'm sorry, bro, but if you want to just go ahead and repeat that one more time one more time just so they can hear you
1: okay man okay yeah like like I said man um it, rock, it, rock, it, it was a drag under Triple H but it was drag with purpose there was something at the end of it man mm-hmm. so now with now with Vince man.
2: with uh you know we said in the beginning of the show man uh, with Vince it felt like a chore with Triple H it feels like a drag but at least with Triple H you know you know there's the purpose that the show will get better and there were just little Vince McMahon-isms in this show that I did not like. They had a little segment in the in the show. We just talked about Dolph Ziggler, but they had a segment in the show a little earlier where Dol- it looks like they're hinting at Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali being a tag team. I mean, dude, what? What? Where does that come and, from? That is not the story it. Triple H was telling at all
1: literally man and is it just me or was that Mustafa Ali promo just weird he didn't even sound like himself he He, sounded like so happy but like
2: he was like begging Dolph Ziggler to like be his partner like what like what where does that come from
1: that was really weird and really out of nowhere man and it was just certain stuff like that tonight just gave me a weird vibe
2: It really, it really leaves me asking the questions, bro. Are we already starting to see the Vince McMahon-isms in Mm -hmm. WWE's creative?
1: Exactly, man, because he might not be even at the HQ yet, man, but who knows who who he's texting back there to change little by little. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I don't know, of course, in terms of news, that'll be just a slowly evolving thing, man, but. I don't know, tonight felt weird. Again, it could just be, you know, Triple H mistakes. You know, he's he's made them. We all know he's made them. But even with the tone of the news, even if they are just Triple H mistake, it just feels weird, man. It just didn't feel right.
2: Yeah, and and then the the, the stuff with the Usos, bro. I mean, that was a huge red flag. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Mm. Triple H would never let no shit like that slide. You know, or, or, you know, at least every time we did see the Usos, you know, there would be, you know, like uh, security not far behind. them. Yeah, at least like
1: nothing. Nothing. They just showed up like it was nothing. They played their
2: theme music. They had them come out with their belts, which I've always had a huge problem with. These guys aren't on Raw. And if they're showing up unannounced, why are they coming out here with their belts?
1: Literally, man. Like and like if you if you're just one man with one title, walking around with a title, you know, just casually, it's you know, it's alright. Some people are marks, I get it. Right. But like if you're a tag team with two titles, so that's a that's a accompanied four physical belts you gotta hold. You ain't lugging that shit around. This, this, is, the sh-
2: this like, is the shit that Um I wonder if this show didn't have a lot. It's true. That
1: is true, and that's even worrying too, man.
2: The only thing that we and this is why me and you stressed concern because everybody on Friday. All we were fucking getting is, oh, it's going to be fine. He's just there to make a sale. Shut your fucking mouth. Nick Khan is such a fucking smart businessman. I don't want to hear it. Nick Khan was hired into WWE to make a sale in the first place or to help with it because they know he's a good businessman. Vince does not need to be there. And again, WrestleMania sold out. It is there, or not sold out, but it... I don't even think they're completely sold out yet, and it is their highest-grossing WrestleMania of all time. Why is that?
1: The sick man is not only because of Triple H is booking, which elevated every pay-per-view buys, but, well, pay-per-view money, you know, that isn't made because they're not bought, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And Mick Con's business ship. Well, You know, he's a cutthroat motherfucker, man. But he he does his job well. He's a good-ass yeah. businessman. He got them the Saudi deal. He got them the Peacock deal. And he'll, if they are buying the company, he's going to be the one to get that deal. You know what I mean? It ain't going to be Vince. It'll just have Vince's name on it. It's like when you do a project with a motherfucker. Probably me, to be honest. I was that guy half the time. You know, I just put my fucking name on it. You know what I mean? I didn't do shit to earn that, Hey, yeah. I just put my damn name on it. That's Vince McMahon, bro. Oh.
2: Things are weird tonight, man. This is exactly why me and you stress concern and all everybody was telling us was Oh, it's not that big of a deal. He's just there to make sure the sale goes through. Shut up, dude. He is a delusional old man and he's just gonna have Nick Khan do all the work anyway. He's trying to shoehorn his way back into creative. That's what it is. And more times than not, he's probably going to get it. And the only hope we have here, it's just a matter of time, the only hope we have here is in the letters that were sent back between Vince McMahon and the board, the board pretty much told him, we love our management team, we love Triple H, even though he said he's not going to interfere with it, Vince lies, And, you know, that was the first thing they started off with in their little letter to him. And the other thing was, I believe it was the last letter, the first letter was them praising the current management. The last letter was them pretty much telling Vince, well, don't try to do anything because we still have dirt on you. However, I don't think Vince McMahon cares about the dirt. Now, is the dirt big enough to where, you know, it's... A little it'd be a little undeniable. You know what? I hope this is what I would hope for. I hope these brands start. if Vince McMahon gets back into WWE creative, I hope they start dropping the company
1: hundred percent snickers, their fucking biggest sponsor. I don't know why Snickers is like their fucking goat in terms of sponsorships. I don't, I want dude, how much money does Snickers make where they could give w w e so much money. I swear to but God. like, I swear to God, I don't know what they make, bruh. But they got to drop them. Fucking, is it Cricket Wireless? Is that one that they're always on? They got to drop them. Just fucking drop them, bro. Drop this company and teach them a lesson, bruh. So, teach Vince a lesson.
2: A 100%. So I, and, and it will look at. I wonder if people on the board and the shareholders can all vote him out. I wonder how that works. Again. I wonder, man. You know, I'm not really the most business savvy person, so excuse me uh, for my lack of business biz, businessmanship. But um, uh, Vince, you know the, the I don't know, man. I don't know. The, this is just this is not good. This is not good. Um, yeah, I and, mean, uh,
1: uh-huh. and the board telling Vince McMahon that they're happy with management. It it might bite them in the ass, man, because you know how egotistical that man is. He's going to be like, oh, I
2: could do it better.
1: "Mm -hmm." He's going to be like, well, I assembled this board. I don't care who you prefer or not. I'm above you, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take my power back. That's going to make him even more egotistical man, so.
2: This is the shit me and you were trying to tell everybody, but everybody wants to sit in front of their cameras and kiss ass. That's what it boils down to.
1: It's fine. No, it's not.
2: Everybody wants to sit in front of their fucking cameras, who, who should not be talking in front of an audience, and just sit there and kiss ass the whole time, and, you know, here we are, saying the real shit, and it, 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 is, it is ridiculous, bro, it is ridiculous, that's why you listen to us, bro, because I swear to you, some of these people should not be talking in front of an audience, these are the concerns we were trying to express on Friday, and again, all we were met with was, "Oh, it's gonna be fine. He'll just be there to negotiate the sale." Dude, this is Vince McMahon. He ain't no saint, bro, and we all know this. Um, he
1: wants the whole plate, man. He he ain't just gonna eat the sides. What you think he's just gonna eat? He's just gonna eat the sides. He wants that whole damn dinner, bro. Yep. He's gonna eat the whole plate.
0: Absolutely. He's gonna take
1: it. He's gonna take everything he can back, man. That's just how the man works it's not gonna end well, man. I hope it does, but there's a good chance it doesn't, man, and it really needs to, for the sake of everything.
2: And you know what? Are little logic gaps like this, you know, flying, are uh, our, our little logic gaps, or big logic gaps, rather, like this, slipping through the cracks because maybe Paul Levesque himself has no spirit left in him?
1: I mean, like if I if I am Mr. Paul Levesque, and I know because you know he's close to family, he knows he he if he if Vince McMahon is going to take over, is going to retake over, he fucking knows it. You know, what I mean Triple H knows it. He'll be able to know that it's yeah. coming.
2: He'll know and if it is. Everybody.
1: Exactly. And if it is, well, I try. It's just all going to be destroyed.
2: Exactly. So
1: I try. It's just let just. Let the show go on, man, which that it, it sucks in itself, man. So technically they can and they probably would, but he's still a majority shareholder. So, yeah. yep, it is it, it is. it is. It is.
2: It is. It is such it's such an annoying time to be a WWE fan. I mean, listen. Don't quote me on this because, you know, it, it was CM Punk that said it first, but let's all be honest, bro. This company's just going to be better after the man is dead. That's just how it is, bro. That's just how it is.
1: If it was better, he was just retired, man. And the fact that he's going to retake it over and re-screw it all over just solidifies that fucking statement, man. Because we've been getting what this company could be without the fucking guy. Yes, and and it has been so so good. It has been so good. It hasn't been amazing. No. But it's been promising. And it's been a path in the right direction. Mm Mm-hmm. And I it's just, just don't want it be, all to be reversed.
2: It's all gonna be fucking thrown away, and we tried to tell motherfuckers, man. Me and you.
1: And he, literally, Nolly. all all these fucking paywalls that fucking people pay for are just saying, <laughs> he's just there for the sale, but no. He, if Vince McMahon shows up, he wants it all, and he yes. wants it all.
2: Shut your fucking mouth, people. Look at things for what they really are, bro. We know how this guy is. Get your head out of your ass.
1: Literally. Literally, man.
2: Vince McMahonism's on television, bro. And Triple H, you know all these fucking people are going to just get refired all over again.
1: And then and then that sucks for Triple H cause. I mean, obviously, it's not his fault, and, and, and none of the guys or girls that would get fired would think it is. But in terms of, you rehire these people and tell them, you, you're in this company for this contract, man, I'm going to treat you right, man. It's going to be a different time now. And the dude just comes back in and screws everything over. Then you know, people won't see him, you know, Triple H is the asshole, obviously. But, you know, Triple H will feel like an asshole for doing that, and I would, too. If I were to get all these people back in and then it just they dude just comes back and fires them all, I'd feel like such an asshole. Obviously you're not, but like it just it just sucks, man. It just sucks to be in that position.
2: Imagine seeing Eric Young released from WWE and he hasn't even made his fucking return yet. Imagine seeing that. That would
1: be so fucked up, man. That really would be. (sighs) <sighs> that's is. Yeah, i hope it goes well in the end man me too i really do so,
2: i i hope you know i i hope you know we're hearing that there's gonna be a max exodus and we're hearing there's gonna is there gonna be a max exodus or a firing because every time the talent is supposed to stand up none of them do fucking anything
1: no half of them will half of them won't i think there'll be i think definitely this time there's gonna be a, a couple of them That dude just get up and leave? Not most of them, though. Most of them are. You know how they
2: are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Ridiculous, bro. Utterly ridiculous, man. So, Adam Pearce tells the Usos to leave. He tells Solo Sokoa he's going to fight Dolph Ziggler later. Move on to the next segment, man. And Alexa Bliss is standing on the table. And she's telling the crowd she is the new face of evil and now she's ready to scar Bianca's face. Like,
1: what? It was really weird and I didn't care for I liked a lot of other elements that they did with this man, but like when she was talking about Bianca, she was weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was so weird. What boring. are you? What do you have, rabies? What are you fucking attack her and claw <laughs> at her? You fucking,
2: you know? Like, bro, what? River face is like what? Like,
1: I'm like leather
2: face. I'm like, okay. This sounds like some shit. 2018 Drew McIntyre would say. What the oh fuck my. are you talking about, bro? Gonna brutally you. eradicate you and eviscerate. <laughs> who the fuck talks like that, bro? Could you like, imagine getting into a fight with somebody on the street and being like, Oh, I'm gonna fucking scratch your face?
0: What? i oh, to run away. Like, man, bro, man, I don't even
2: want to fucking fight you no more, man. What are you talking about?
0: Just say you're going
1: to beat my ass or something. Say you're going to put me in a hospital. Now you're going to scratch Ugh. my face. This
2: shit was weird, bro. What the
1: fuck are you, a possum? Like so, what?
2: She says oh, uh, Bianca doesn't have to worry about Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy, but she does. So immediately Alexa Bliss is name dropping them, I thought it was I, I thought it was a little crazy going full throttle into that.
1: They really are.
2: But um she she says uh, you know, Bianca doesn't have to worry about Uncle Howdy or Bray Wyatt, but she has to worry about me. Like Dude, you she whooped your ass last week half the time. <laughs> That match like, was so bad they were recreating Scary Movie Three, like bro. Oh my
1: God, that show's was hilarious. Like
2: bro, do you can you be any less creative?
1: Like, you were getting cooked in that ring, bro. You can't cap. You were getting your ass whooped. Don't act like you're some badass. You're not. Yeah, the whole point of the gimmick is mind games. So why are you talking like you're just some like you're fucking Rocky and you're supposed to go just fucking toss some punches and knock her out? That didn't make sense,
2: bruh. So Uncle Howdy plays on the screen and you know she Alexa Bliss said something like I'm in control now and it feels the best it ever has or something like that and Uncle Howdy came and. And he asks her, are you in control? He comes to the stage. He comes to the stage and he greets Alexa Bliss for the first time. A lot of people hated this. This is his first time meeting Alexa Bliss. I think he's going to take it slow with Bliss. But I think we're a little further along with the story with Bray Wyatt.
1: Yeah, like, obviously it's further along with Bray because, you know, they've been going, you know, they've been, you know...
2: Since October.
1: ...meeting each other. Exactly, since October... But with Alexa, this this is her first time actually acknowledging all this stuff. So right. of course they're gonna take it slow with her. It's at a different pace. They're technically different stories happening at a different time. So it's be patient, people. Be patient, man. And all
2: of the sudden, yeah. All of the sudden. I, I I'm seeing a lot of uh no patience from a lot of people.
1: I, mean, I don't like how the fucking community talks about Bray Wyatt. Like, dude, they're they they I, you know what I see on Twitter a lot. Is that they call him smart because he's the ultimate carney I saw today that he's got his job back what? and he doesn't have to wrestle because that's his gimmick. He made a gimmick where he doesn't have to wrestle. What? It,
0: I,
2: I, this what? is the same people that watch Vince McMahon's product, but Bray Wyatt is the biggest carney of them all
1: i mostly see that from the aew marks but really? like oh yeah it's it's like those hardcore aew fans that like only care about the wrestling aspect that say that i see on twitter i'm just thinking like bro you love like you like Riho, dog
2: the yeah f- the, get fuck the fuck you talking out of about my
1: face <laughs> like how is he a carny for having a character Just because you think this wrestling is the only part that matters is is, on you.
2: Imagine watching a two hour show and there's no promos. It's just all wrestling.
1: That sounds like a goddamn nightmare, man.
2: I like the best of both, man.
1: Exactly, bro. Like at one point in WWE, it was the complete opposite. No one fucking wrestled. There was a promo every other fucking two minutes. It was bad. Certain wrestling shows. Are just match after match, which I don't like. But you look at something like NXT and AEW and, you know, a good amount, a decent amount of time. It can be main roster WWE, where you have a mix of good matches and storytellings. Exactly. You got your good matches. You got your people that constantly give good matches. And you got people that at the same time tell stories. Exactly, man. A beautiful mix of both, man.
2: Absolutely.
1: It, like i hate those people that just want the one or the other that only focus on one aspect but like bro if you think bray wyatt is a carny bro you're you're just a fucking weirdo man you really yes. are absolutely you need help
2: absolutely yeah that uh, wrestling fans
1: so wrestling fans for you
2: so, that was Alexa Bliss's first meeting with Bray, uh, Uncle Howdy, rather, and it was a little slow. I know why people are, you know, upset that they didn't get more out of it, but this is Alexa's first time meeting Howdy, as, again, Bray Wyatt is a lot further along in his story. Uh, with, And his story's been great, man, and I'm starting to see some people jump off the train and i just fucking can't stand it with wyatt man i hate how oh, people so... switch up on him
1: oh it's like crazy man they they switch up on him the most man and i saw people also complain tonight how the segment ended how it went to commercial how else you're supposed to end the segment you want how do you just turn around and walk back through the stage and just say goodbye <laughs>
2: I mean, it, it the, on, the only other thing you were going to get was uh, maybe, like, Wyndham's logo flash up on the screen, and then they go to commercial.
1: Yeah, I would understand, like, I had something like that, but, like, what the fuck do like, they expect do to want? happen?
2: Like, like, either way, it's going to be gone when the commercial comes back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, bruh.
1: People don't make sense when it comes to Wyatt, bro.
2: They don't. Switch up like motherfuckers, bro. They really do. They wanted him back for so long, and now they're starting to get tired of his story. It is really ridiculous to see. It really is. It is. Um, It really is. Bailey picked up the victory against Chan without any help, and then Damage Control beat her up afterwards. Look at that.
1: New year, new damage control, man. But can they be winning control? Can they turn around and become winning control? Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so.
2: Seriously, bro. Seriously. Bobby Lashley comes out at the end of Seth Rollins' promo uh, against Austin Theory, where Seth gave the news on his knee. Uh it's not 100% but it will be by the Royal Rumble man so we're good to go. To and it's good to hear man. Mm-hmm. It is very good to hear. Uh Bobby Lashley came out and we ended up finding out why Bobby Lashley was back. He came out, got into a altercation with Austin Theory, beat him up, you know, gave him a spear. That was that. Um Candice LeRae defeated Rhea Ripley. Or sorry, Rhea Ripley defeated Candice LeRae. Uh, and rather, squash.
1: that was dude. Ugh, I do not like that.
2: What is up with the Garganos, bro? Johnny's injured, by the way. Johnny That's has a shoulder injury.
1: And a four... Guess where? Guess at what type of event?
2: At a live the
1: event. Fucking... Dude, cut the cut fucking him. live events, man. Cut them.
2: You just. Oh. I did it. Johnny, as well, did say he's trying to make it back before the Royal Rumble, so... I hope so, man. Let's hope, hope so. so. Cut the fucking live events, bro. Cut them. I'm sick of
1: them. It's literally all the time you hear. So-and-so is injured at a live event. Why, Why, bro? Why? Why are
2: they wrestling? You're supposed to put the people on live events that you don't want to utilize on television to give them something to do, so they can make Still money.
1: Like literally, that's why fucking Dark exists. Yep. That's literally why it why they made it, mainly during the pandemic. So like, you know, just random indie guys can indie guys can get some money, mm-hmm. but like then they kind of just evolved it into something for the talent <laughs> specifically. But like, that's the whole reason why those things exist to get those lower end guys. Mm-hmm. Shit to do, <laughs> not your top fucking guys. Mm-hmm. I I hate it. That shit's pissing me off. Bobby
2: Lashley's in the back, and Byron Saxton wants to get a word with him, so he goes sprinting in his locker room like an idiot, <laughs> and he says, "Bobby Lashley, can can I please get a word with you on on your reinstatement of Monday Night Raw?" Lashley stands up, and we just hear. Saxon, can you give me and Bobby Lashley a minute to handle our business? And it is none other than MVP. Bobby stands up and MVP MVP says MVP says, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about the mistakes that were made and there were a lot of them, bro. You fucking know what that means, dude. That is and Vince is gonna fucking come back and break him up right fall over again, bro. Oh uh, this, this is this is gonna be well, another spot on worst booking decision of the year. Um Yeah.
1: Man. Dude, that was awesome though. Seeing them together, man, making bro, those teases, bro. I loved it.
2: So he said <laughs> so so he said, you know, a lot of mistakes were made, and I'm willing to live up to that. He says, "Hell, I even got Cedric and Shelton to realize where they went wrong. I just need you to own your part." So Bobby Lashley said, he said, "You know, he said, "P, we're cool, but I can't forget just like that what you did to me. I love that they did that. That is what we that is what we are going to call a triple hism." Bobby Lashley, not just forgetting about everything that happened. We're going to tell a story here. We're not just going to say, you know what, MVP, we're just going to be friends again. No, we're going to, we're going to tell ourselves a little bit of a story here. So MVP says, you know, after all, I did get you reinstated to Monday Night Raw. So we have a storyline with Bobby Lashley getting fired or suspended We have a storyline going with who got him his job back.
0: Wow.
1: His old friend, MVP, got him the job back. Look at that. Amazing. That storytelling right there. I like that a lot, man. I like the way they're doing it, man.
2: Absolutely. So, So, dude... You know, they're they're telling they're telling a great story. They're they're telling a great story so far, man. I've really, really thoroughly been enjoying it, and this was the biggest tease of them all. And at the end he said, P we're cool, but I can't just forget about it like that, man. Um, but we're cool. And he gave him a fist bump and and that was it, man. That was it. So that was awesome bro that was incredible incredible
1: i really like that man i like the direction it's going man and i like how it's not just instant but it'll be something that's earned man i can't wait to see it i really can't
2: and at the end i forgot to mention he also said to lashley he said you know i completely understand Mm -hmm. but if you come ever come around and you and you want to get back into business i still got the same number so ooh. Yeah. Oh Vince, uh, I swear yeah. to God, Vince oh god. Oh, he's gonna he's, know, get, he's gonna kill me this year, bro.
1: You know what Vince is gonna do if he takes his bitch over again? I know exactly what he's gonna do with this storyline. Bobby Lashley is gonna come close to rejoining, but it was a trick from MVP the whole time. And yep. it's the new her business with Omas as the Omos. leader and they oh, beat him up. No, no, Dude, no. Dude that's it's so it. over. Uh, that's what's going to happen, bro. It's going to be the new Hurt Business, but with a loss instead.
2: <laughs> and the age and Hurt Business is going to be like super tall. Uh, it's going to be Omo. <laughs> so we get a vignette for Cody Rhodes. And Cody is putting together. What could have been? You know, I'm going to let you do the honors, bro. You're the one that said the shit, man.
1: They're filming his recovery, man. And from everything Cody's saying, from from the way they're shooting it, it looks amazing. These are amazing video packages. But, dog, save it for after he debuts. And you want to know why you save it for after their debut? Because it could be an amazing documentary, bro. When was the last time we had an amazing after-pay-per-view WWE documentary? I couldn't tell you, bro. I couldn't tell you. Since, like, 2020. Dude, ever since they went to Peacock, they haven't produced a single memorable documentary that I watched. You know what I mean? Dude, save it for the Rumble for after the Rumble. Because make Cody a surprise moment at the Rumble not even just a surprise, just a moment. Instead of oh yeah, we've been seeing the vignettes, he's finally back, just Cody's back, look at that. You know what I mean? And you could save all the shit you're filming for a recovery documentary about Cody Rhodes after, it might not be after the Rumble because that's a little, you know, too soon to finish the documentary mm-hmm. But because um, probably the last you know, ten minutes of the documentary is, would be the Royal Rumble so, you could do it after, like, you could release it after, like, Chamber or something. But, like, Peacock didn't want the docs, bro.
2: Those are the best parts about the network.
1: Those were literally, like, the other good. It was pay per views and the documentaries, which mm-hmm. were the two great parts about that fucking network, man. What? What a
2: bunch uh, of idiots.
1: What a bunch of idiots. Why'd they go to Peacock, man? But, um, bro. could have saved it for an amazing documentary, bro.
2: Golly. And and because it's been so good. But the thing is, why are we... Well, I don't even know if it's worth getting mad about anymore, dude, because we all know why. It's probably going to be The Rock. I mean, look at the Royal Rumble uh, little backdrops. It's all electric. Yeah,
1: it's all the lightning. And the way Seth and Theory talked about it... Talked about the Rumble. Dude, it's going to be the fucking rock, What did man. you catch? You know how they were talking about the Rumble, how they're both going to win it, You know, how they're both going to go to fit. And another thing I caught about this show, so are they going to unify the titles? Because the way everybody talked about winning the title, the world title from uh, Roman, is that it's going to be the universal title, the universal, undisputed, whatever, fucking title. They combined it. When theory talked about winning, you know, beating Roman Reigns, possibly at Mania, he talked about being the one, you, you know, whatever the fuck he said, he was like undisputed WWE champion, and then Seth said the same type of thing, and somebody else said it tonight. What the fuck are they doing with those titles? Are they combining them? Are they just renaming one of Like, what the fuck's going on with them? Because those no matter what you say about the tag or the women's, the men's world title, is like the most is the most logical title to have two of, because of your roster. You know what I mean? Why out of all titles you combine that one? I, I don't get that in itself. But where where are you going with it? Are you gonna tell us? Is Roman Reigns gonna have to defend them both, separately, together? Are they gonna combine a mania? They have to tell us these things.
0: Yeah.
2: Honestly though if it's going to be the unified championships it needs to be Cody and we just have one world title match Cody goes in takes both because if it's the rock and it's he's going for the uni and he, if he's going for unified Roman's holding those belts past mania and nobody wants to see that
1: no bro that's going to be even worse bro not
2: a fucking soul Bro. Cause then
1: we have to wait till at least SummerSlam, at oh least SummerSlam. God. I mean, maybe dude.
2: you could get away with London Money in the Bank, but you know how WWE is. They're gonna want to end Roman's reign at a SummerSlam or a Mania, and I don't want to wait till WrestleMania 40.
1: Especially if Vince is in charge, it ain't in, it ain't end until Mania 40, bro. Dude, dude, Ugh, I don't like this direction with whether, whether it's Triple H or Vince McMahon, I guess they both know what. They both don't know what the fuck to do with the world titles.
2: I mean, it's such an easy I don't know how it's so hard. It's so easy to book, bro. It really is.
1: Yeah, look, you're right. Might as well just keep doing the fucking, the little Cody thing. It's already ruined.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you do, you know, they did the one week in the beginning of January. That was the one week you had to, like, shut up from there on. You know, I mean, even that's kind of pushing it. Even that's, that's kind of... I agree. I, I don't... want oh, I mean, yeah. I, dude, no. I it agree. Really so. I agree. You know, Cody's, uh, you know, return is a little ruined because, you know... I, well, I will say, in the beginning, you know, January 2nd, when they showed it, like, you had to shut up immediately after there, even though that was kind of a little pushing it. But now it's just... Now it's just ruined. It's over
1: with. Yeah. yeah, you just keep it up at this point, I might as well. Yeah. There's um, going to be no moment, moment. It's going to be a moment. It's going to be awesome to see him that Rumble, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to hit the same at all. At all. Yeah.
2: Uh, unfortunately, man. Solo Sokoa defeat Dolph Ziggler. Bronson Reed got a video package, which led to him having a backstage interview. I don't know why that was simultaneously up against each other, but um, then The Miz tried to get him to be out there for his Miz TV, Bronson Reed uh, declined, and he told Mike that they weren't friends, Mike the Mid, and that was it, it was just another week of that original backstage segment they did the day that Bronson re-debuted, he just told The Miz they weren't friends, why the fuck? Could that not have been saved for the Royal Rumble? Why?
1: Literally. Dude, Bronson Reed is doing nothing on TV. Literally nothing. nothing. Why did you do it at that fucking show? He could have
2: easily been put on SmackDown and been put in their Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber match. Easily.
1: Easily. That shit would be fire. Do you imagine a
2: tsunami off the top of one of those pods? To Braun, would be so oh, it'll uh, it'll be beautiful, right yeah, on be fucking Braun Strowman,
1: right um, on train. So, <sighs>
2: then we get the ms TV, probably one of the only Miz TV episodes I will ever ever say I I thoroughly enjoyed Dominic Mysterio oh my going out there dressed like a fucking uh what were they called? They were the the were the the, the, the ballas and. Was the oh GTA gang that wears purple?
1: Uh, the fuck? I gotta look that up, bro. I know. The... the family or something? The... Yay. Because the ball is
2: green, right?
1: Yeah, I think... The, uh, I think it's the families? Gangs. Purple. Purple gang, man. What is it? No, they are the ball. The purple ones are the ballas.
2: Oh, okay. The ball—he's dressed out there like a fucking balla from GTA. Durante said it a little earlier in the comments. He looks like a fucking—he looks like a—he um, looks like a dollar store Conan. Yeah. This was so funny, dude. He was—he went out there. He's got the teardrop tattoo. He was talking about how if people had problems with him, he. He said this guy was talking. He said this guy was talking on the bottom bunk about how he wanted to punch his face in, and Dominic hopped down from the top bunk, and he slapped him awake. Even though he just said the guy was talking, so why would he have to slap him awake?
1: That was he, the sad story made no sense. He
2: says he slapped him awake, and he says, "Do we have a problem?" And then he says that he handled that. So.
1: His story ended so abruptly, I was just dying laughing. Bro,
2: it was so fucking funny, dude. It was so funny. And at the end of it, The Miz played his part really well, too, because The Miz says, well, that's really interesting because our sources are telling us you were only in in county jail for a couple of hours. And then fucking Judgment Day starts getting all offensive and they're telling him to shut up and The Miz like an idiot just retreats out of the ring. I mean, it was so funny, dude. dude
1: it was that so funny. cracking up, bro. When we first saw fucking Dominic in the back wearing the fucking glasses and the bandana, oh, I was dying laughing. And then and he comes out with it.
2: Corey Graves put him over like no other, bro. He was. What did he say? He said out on bail, fresh out of jail. He was talking about fucking how Dominic's hard as fuck now and how, bro, it was just, it was so funny. Props to Corey Graves, man. He really put him over. Corey Graves honestly been doing a uh, job for two men ever since Kevin Patrick. Yeah, he's stepped up, man. He's stepped up and he's been great.
1: I'm telling you, man, but this Dominic stuff has just been hilarious, bro. He sucks so bad on the mic, but in this, like, in the way he does it, it's fucking hilarious. It's so unserious, and I love it.
2: Dude, I love it, bro. Dominic has genuinely became uh, just a great comedy relief, but he's a comedy relief, And, and, and Jericho always says this on his podcast, but, like, if you're doing goofy shit, play it straight, because that's what makes it funny. When they're dead ass serious about what they're talking about and it's just fucking hilarious.
1: Exact that, that's why the JS works. Yep. Because that's the whole point of the group is they're like, yeah, being we're fucking tech- sports
2: entertainers.
1: Yeah, we're we're fucking we love sports entertainment. It's better than better than pro wrestling. You I, know what I mean?
2: They're not running around saying, Oh, oh, oh. Sports entertainers huh, huh, or Dominic's not fucking running around. Oh, I just got out of jail. Huh, huh, I beat people up. I mean, no, he's he's playing the character like he dead ass just got out of prison,
1: literally. And it's so funny. I will love it.
2: And the, the the best part was the Judgment Day. They all stood up and they're all like telling Miz to pissed. shut up because they know the fucking <laughs> story's bullshit and fucking everybody's hyping them up. Oh, it was so funny, dude.
1: It was so. They were like comforting like niches. Like fucking oh, Miz goodness. asked him what how was prison like, and he, all all Dominic said was, "Snitches get snit uh, stitches," and then the Judgment Day were like, "It's okay, man. It's okay. You're not in there anymore. You could tell us." <laughs> 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 yeah, me crack cracking up. Just,
2: man. It was too funny, bro. So after this, we go into the tag team turmoil match. Honestly, the oh. only cool thing about that was to see the Judgment Day kind of run the run the gauntlet, and then. We did see a glimpse. Uh, we did see a pretty cool little bit with them in the Street Profits, and then we seen a another cool little bit of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander as a tag team again. So
1: yeah, that was really cool, man. That was really cool. Uh, you know, call a match, and we actually haven't seen one of those in a minute, so I wasn't too annoyed about how we got go a in match, basically. Mm-hmm. But I like it, man. I like how I like. Uh okay, I hear
2: you, you. Yes, when they brought up the idea of Dominic joining the match, Damian Priest looked so upset, and Dominic just looked so scared. And he ends up wrestling the match, and he's like, they're beating the holy hell out of him, the guy that just got out of jail, and he's like pleading for mercy. It was so funny, but in the end, the it. Judgment Day get the victory, man. And this is what I like because even though they did some comedy skits, they ran the gauntlet, and they looked pretty fucking cool at the end of the show man exactly you know so i will say that and at the end of the day or at the end of the show the usos come out again and they hold their belts up to the judgment day and i'm going to really enjoy seeing faction on faction uh seeing the judgment day actually against another group a real group well i mean they were facing the oc but a different group
1: exactly man exactly and I would love to see Dominic interact with the bloodline that'll just be hilarious in itself God just, just the about two fucking yorks well. That's just about and then just funny. And judgment day which is how fucking weird they are just fucking bloodline having to deal with that I, I I'm actually really liking that law that matchup of factions I really am
2: yeah me too bro. So yeah, that was pretty much everything man. That was pretty much everything for the week of wrestling. That was Monday Night Raw. Nothing really happened on SmackDown man other than uh Bray Wyatt and LA Knight got confirmed for their Pitch Black match. So that was pretty much it. And um yeah man, that's pretty Absolutely. much everything. So with that man, that is going to do it for another great edition of Notorious Unscripted man. This is been this has been episode 125. On Unscripted, man. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for another great edition of Unscripted. Apologize for keeping you guys late. Thank you guys for sticking with us through all the problems, man. Uh, and it has been always, always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. Uh, and that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. This has been episode 125. Thank you guys. We love you guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Friday with the
0: news. Peace. They soft like a quinky filling, playing the villain. Prepare for the strap killing. Vicky Smalls is the illest. The style is played out like I don't know what you talking about, Willis.